Hey everybody, this is The Youth Rocks, and you're listening to The Hook Rocks Podcast, brought to you by Jay Scott. I'm his son, The Youth Rocks, and go get some popcorn and some water, because this is going to be a fun episode. everyone to the hook rocks this is jay scott hope you're doing well hope you're enjoying your day once again we are part of the pantheon podcast network great network of music related podcasts check them out at pantheonpodcast.com there's podcasts for every music style every music genre so please check that out i'm sure you can find something other than the hook rocks that uh, will interest you i know carmen de peace and Vinny apice are part of the hanging and banging podcast as well as Martin Popoff, the rock historian, and Mistress Carrie out in Boston, my guys Tom and Zeus on the Shout Out Loudcast, as well as Baco on Cobras and Fire. You can follow them on Twitter at Pantheon Pods, also on Facebook, and you can follow The Hook Rocks on Twitter at The Hook Rocks, as well as any podcast platform where you do get your podcast, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, we're available everywhere. And don't forget to set your app to automatic download. So whenever whenever the latest and greatest Hook Rocks podcast drops, you get it right to your phone and your day instantly becomes better. Some people think that as well. But uh, we've got a great show for you today. And looking forward to conversing here with Anna Stella. She's a repeat guest. This is our third time being on the podcast. I'm very excited to have her. What's going on, Anne? Well, thanks for having me back again. I've got to know, do, do you know all of that off by heart or are you reading it? Because I'll be very, very impressed if you know. Uh, that's that. all by heart. That's it. Well, yeah, my, my, I take my heart off to you. That's incredible. I mean, I can never remember anything, so I have to write everything down. Um, but yeah, things are great. So it's really, really nice to speak to you again. Uh, thanks for offering to have me as, as a guest again. Yeah, because we've had some conversations. A lot of our conversations have been geared towards New Rock and the differences in the UK versus the US. And now you've developed this show called AMP that everyone's excited about, myself included, and want to talk to you more about that, where the development came from or how that was all developed, how you found an outlet for it, what's next and how excited you are. (laughs) Well, I can answer the last bit. I mean, I'm super excited. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we just filmed the pilot less than two weeks ago. Just got the footage back from the production team. So that's now in post-production. And I can't wait to see it. I haven't looked at the footage yet. yet. My editor has. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm aware, it looks good, but I mean, it's got to look great. So good is not going to cut it. It, it needs the finished product needs to be ready to go out there and put on TV screens. So that, that's what I'm hoping for. When you're involved in this and you have the pilot being filmed and you, you basically see your vision being, being finally put out there, right? Is mm. what is that experience like? Because I know with, with talking with you over the last year or so, you've put a lot of time, a lot of thought. You know, I know that you had a lot of different ideas, and then you basically focused on this one thing and really getting that off the ground. Um, but that takes a lot. It takes a lot just to come up with the idea, and then then what that idea entails and moving forward and what you need and what I'm sure you learned a lot through this process. I'm sure that you was stressed out a lot during this process. I, I, I think I pretty much safe to say that you were, but when you're, when you're on stage and you're filming it and all these things are happening, what's that like for you? By the time we got to the performance side of the uh, recording, I was actually quite chilled out. It was a bit before, you know, getting to the venue, meeting the camera crew, getting everything set up, getting the pyrotechnics sorted out, making sure the bands were going to turn up on time, getting their riders sorted out. Oh, God, those riders. <laughs> That's another story. Um, but, yeah, that was stressful, you know, just going through the scenes and then sort of making last-minute changes to things. Saying, well, no, actually, we're not going to do it that way. We'll we'll just do it this way instead. So all of all the, the bits that we recorded before the audience actually arrived. So that would be the links between the various parts of the episode. Um, we try to do as much of it script-free as we could. In fact, it, it, I've got to say it is all script-free. There was a very, very loose script, just as a reminder, basically, of what we need to say, who we need to introduce next, and little bullet points of things you know to remember, almost kind of how I do my interviews, really. Um, but we more or less abandoned that and, and just it was ad-lib, and that's how I wanted it to be with me and Brad, just sort of having a bit of banter and just saying what came to mind and what felt right at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was stressful, filming that. We did multiple takes of each section, except for the band interviews. We only needed one take for them, uh, which was great. So I'm delighted with how that went. The bands were fantastic to interview. Um, yeah, I don't think that could have gone any better. The evening. It, it was almost like an event of two halves because, of course, we had the filming for the show itself. So we had people coming uh, on the guest list. It was a guest list only event, free event. Um, they didn't know what to expect. They were there to for the, basically to have the have, so the band to have somebody to play to and to get that atmosphere. And that's what I want to get across with the show, that real um, energy and rawness you get of being at a live rock show. So... That all came out beautifully. You know, I had people saying, well, we don't know. We didn't know what to expect. We got here. We thought it'd be like a, we're having to sit down in rows and watch the bands. I thought, no, it's nothing like that. It needs to capture exactly what you'd see at the show. The the only slight differences is, of course, we had pyro. You don't normally get that, at, you know, little sort of public local venues and that sort of thing. And that was nice. The bands weren't expecting it, even though I had told them. They'd obviously forgotten about that. And the loud booms at the beginning, you could see some of them nearly yeah. flying off the stage. <laughs> right? yeah. but it was fantastic. And that added a bit of excitement to it. And, you know, I, I like to, like I say, I was, I was trying to treat the audience as guests. I wanted them to have that real VIP experience and not be considered as punters, you know, and they're, they're there to buy alcohol, which of course they were buying alcohol. But, you know, I, I thought, well, what can I do just to make it a bit extra special for them? So I had, 
sweets, chocolates, and while the bands are playing, of course, I go around like a hostess should, offering people sweets and chocolates. And, you know, I've had so many people say to me since then, you know, that's a really nice touch. And um, I thought that's something I'm going to carry through now, you know, if this all goes to plan and we get an episode, a full series. I want to do that, you know, make everyone feel at home and welcome and like they're important and, and valued and that we really want them to be there as part of the audience. So I'm going to be going around and, and offering people, you know, little nibbles while the acts are on. And uh, I don't know, just something that I like doing. So, um, nice touch, yeah, yeah, I like being a hostess. So, so yeah, so that was great. And, you know, I had had such amazing feedback. The bands themselves just couldn't have have been any better they thought they were coming just to play to a few people probably I mean that's what I've heard from some of them they didn't know what to expect thought it was just like a couple they they had the best night um I mean, we had a packed venue on a Wednesday night uh you couldn't have asked for any more than that it was amazing I had a load of press members of the press there um you know from some the smaller magazines and webzines uh, and everyone had such a good time and it was just amazing to to hear the feedback afterwards um it really was. So, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted with how that went off. And now we've got to try and, and organise, well, get the, the pilot edited and, and out there and try and organise, hopefully, a, a series going forward. Yeah, you got to find a home for it now. Talks, yes. So yeah. it's is exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> so outside of Massive, the bands were who? The Massive weren't actually part of it. They're based in Australia and they had okay. to cancel uk tour um because of, of issues with visas and you yeah. know the whole covid thing that wasn't making anything any easier and of course that's a big expense as well mm-hmm. uh all the tests and everything you need to have to come over now so um brad being a front man and massive actually lives in germany, germany. Yeah. so he was able to come over um so we had him co-hosting and that was nice people over here haven't seen him for ages you know so mm-hmm. it's a nice little it made it extra special i think having him there um definitely we had gorilla riot playing bastet and stevie r pierce and the hooligans so three completely different styles of rock each of them incredible um live bands and again nobody knew the lineup and this is something again i want to carry forward secret lineups and as far as I'm concerned, there's no headliners and no support acts. So if you're, if you're good enough to be asked to come on the show, then you're good enough to play in any slot. It was, you know, we're giving everyone equal time. Um, we did give Stevie an extended set at the end because he had traveled from across the country all the way down south to come and, and be there. Um, and again, it was a nice surprise for the audience. But as far as the TV shows is going to be concerned, it's going to be same amount of songs per band. So when you decided to move forward with Amped and mm-hmm. put your focus in on this show, how did you, because I know you were thinking about it, doing a lot of different things. You were, you were, you were, you had a lot of different ideas and you honed in on this. What was it about this idea that made you want to move forward with it? I think because nobody else is doing anything like it, mm-hmm. uh, which of course in itself is a bit of a worry. Obviously the talent is there and we've, We've got so many festivals now, radio stations, all picking up on these bands and and promoting them in their own way. Um, You know, I've done the reviewing, the writing, YouTube, and I felt like there must be a bigger outlet to get the bands out there and to bring that excitement back 
to live music. And, and my idea really is twofold. One, to get these bands in front of an audience that might never have even heard of them before. Uh, they might not even be rock fans. They've, hopefully the show will be engaging enough to really, you know, make anybody want to watch it and tune in and discover new bands themselves. And also people watching to, for them to see the the energy of the live show and think, oh, wow, you know, I want to go out and, and see see my local scene, go and discover local bands. So we really need to invigorate, you know, that our local music scenes, wherever we live, especially after COVID. Um, so many venues have, have really struggled as well during this time. So, you know, so the idea is really twofold, you know, wider audience and, and get people out seeing new bands. Yeah, I think that's such an important part that you want to focus on is that live show because so many people, especially young people, have never really experienced what it is to be at a rock and roll show. And I've always said that once you go, once you're a kid and you go to a rock show, you never, it never leaves you. It stays with you because it's so powerful. It's there's so much synergy between the audience and the crowd. I'm sorry, the audience and the band. Um, And I think that's a very important part because you're right. There's not a lot of shows that focus on the live portion of rock music. And and it's one of the things that I feel that why rock music is in the position where it is, is because no one's willing to showcase that, that power of the live show. And when you think about live music shows that we do have, they're very sterile. They tend to be in a studio the band plays, there's right. no interaction with the audience. And I wanted the opposite of that. I wanted to see the bands interacting with the audience, see them interacting together, really for it to feel like you are there in that moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, after the show, I had a couple of people say to me, oh, there's a, there's a lot of F words there. You're going to be doing a lot of bleeping out and everything. I said, no, we're not doing bleeping out. I'm allowing them to say whatever whatever they want. I said, you know, two, I've got two rules for the band. No, no slander of anybody. And do not discuss anything illegal. Apart from that, you can say whatever you like, yeah. F words, whatever you want. And, and that's it, you know, and, and hopefully any channel that we put this in front of um, is not going to have a problem with that. And if they do, then that, that won't be the right home for it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, you know, I remember growing up, they had shows like that. And I used to love those shows because it made you, made you want to go see those bands. You made you want to be a part of that experience. And it's such an important thing with music today. I mean, you know, the the music is there for rock music, right? All these great albums have been released in 2021 and probably the third and fourth quarter of 2020 into this year. And it's probably going to continue in 2022. And that's great. The music portion of it has, has arrived. You know, there's so much quality music, but now to have, a young person, which rock needs to really connect with, see that presence on stage, see that live show, see that interaction. I mean, I don't know what kid would, would not want to be a part of that. Like, like, wow, I got to go see that. I got, that's so awesome. I want to, I want to check that out. And knowing my own son, who's gone to concerts with me and, and gone to shows and how he feels about it and how he loves going you know, it's because of that, all these shows, it's in his blood now, like he has to go see a live show. And I think it's a very important focus for you, you know, who has this idea, who has this great idea to show that, because I think that's the logical next step in this resurgence is start to show not like you said, these sterile 
live environments that are in a studio and there's no crowd there. There's no back and forth. I, I agree with you. That's missing when, when they do that stuff because it creates so much energy um, mm. that, that I think people don't appreciate when they see those, these live streams in the studios. Mm. Absolutely. And the bands really feed off the audience. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you, you can't really replicate that in a studio, I don't think. You know, I took my own daughter with me, 15 year old, to mm-hmm. um, a, a gig not that long ago, uh, Empire, Hollow Star. Um, Great Bill. She loved it, you know, and I think her friends, you know, on the whole, would never have been to an environment like that before. You know, you have the big, not bands, big pop groups, shall we say that, you know, come over or, you know, play in the arenas. And you could be so far away from them wherever you're sat. You, you don't really, it, it's completely the opposite of the local live show. Yeah. And that is what I want to really get across, not what it's like to be in a massive stadium watching a pop group from a million miles away sat up in the gods somewhere where they look like tiny dots on the, on the stage. It's, it's chalk and cheese to me. Um, I would much rather be in that small venue where I can actually see the band and feel like you're part of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that energy is irreplaceable. You can't, uh, you can't describe it and you can't get it anywhere else. It, it really is something that's very unique to a, to a rock show and wanting to show that, you know, you know, for this idea that you have is a pretty smart thing to do because I think that's going to attract bands. Bands are one going to be on this show and I yeah. think it's going to attract, you know, young people. I mean, I, a show like this is going to be one of those, you know, yeah. venues or, or avenues that like kids talk about the next day at school. Like, hey, did you see the show? Did you see that? And that creates a buzz in itself. You know, the show's not going to be on prime time. It's going to be at, at, you know, at 11 o'clock at night or at midnight, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, they'll stay up and they'll watch it. But that creates the conversation that creates the 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 buzz about it. You know, I mean, when yeah. when it's kind of that underground and, and everyone's kind of sneaking around and watching it and trying to get it, that's what adds to that that momentum and that energy from the show into the, into the, um, you know, the viewing of, of a young audience. So uh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, hopefully, you know, you'll, I know you asked about some. Um, oh, I don't want to mention any names. Okay. All right. Um, to- but yeah, I, I have been in talks with a couple of, a few channels. I'm yeah. now in, in other talks, but you know, there was one that was interested quite some time ago uh when i submitted a pitch to them and you know i got in touch again yeah i said well we're going to be recording the the pilot now things are back up and running um and the sort of response i got was okay well we may be interested in licensing it um which bands have you got playing and based on the fact that they hadn't heard any of these bands before they said oh well we don't think it's going to be for us because you know our audience won't have heard of them and that for me is completely missing the point of the whole show. You know, I, my point is not to put the big bands on there and to get people to realize and there's so much new talent that they haven't heard of. It's just waiting to be discovered. Right, right. That's the whole point. So straight away, I thought, okay, that is not going to be the right channel for this. If they, if they think that that's what the show is, was going to be, you know, just having well-known bands and, and as a showcase, and then that's not going to happen. Um, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll be getting some bands that are more well-known than others to play. But most of them, by and large, are going to be relatively unknown, um, certainly, you know, abroad. Um, so, yeah, 
like I said, folks, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, I mean, and with that way of thinking, you, your focus is on new artists and bands. And let's face it, you know, new rock bands, other than a handful of new rock bands, really are not well known, right? I mean, I mean, it really is. It really is become an underground movement, an underground scene, and you're trying to showcase what's happening underneath the surface. And I think that, you know, is something that I would find it attractive to watch because yeah, I mean the new, the, you know, the big bands or the bands that are well-known, they already have, you know, they can snap their fingers and they're going to be on a show or they're going to be on an outlet and that's great for yeah, them. Of course. But, but, but the whole idea of Amped is to really focus on these bands that are great, that are incredibly awesome that people need to see and people need to showcase. And, exactly. you know, it, 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 yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, an outlet that thinks that you're going to have this band or that band because they're well known is completely missing the point of what you're trying yeah. to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you get it completely. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. lots of other people will as well. I think so. I think, you know, there, there's always going to be an outlet for, for that type of show. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. it's never going to be on a, on a, on a major network. And I don't know if, anybody wants it on a major network because then you have less control over it than you have. Then, then those networks are telling you who you need to have on and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of how it works. But when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're with a, with an outlet that kind of acts as a partnership, like, Hey, believes in what you do and is all on board with it. That's like the perfect scenario. That's, that's (laughs) like, that's what anybody would want, you know? Of course. Yeah. I mean, as far as the lineups go, I, I, have a certain criteria for who I'd want on. Even Brad doesn't dictate the lineup. I said, you leave that to me. <laughs> you know, you can trust me to pick great oh, lineups. Sure, sure. You've been around so many bands over the last couple of years. and That's and it. Bands. And, yeah. you know, I know so many bands. I know who I like working with. I know who's going to be a pain in the ass um, and that I don't, wouldn't want to work with. Um, I know who really puts in the effort. You see, you know, you can't help but notice the bands that really want to do well. Uh, and the bands that have the talent, that have the stage presence, the charisma, the energy, everything you'd be looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the bands I want to work with, the ones that, I, you know, that I really feel deserve that opportunity to, to get out there and get themselves more well-known. As far as you going through this process and going through this journey, what did you learn the most during this whole, this whole journey? That everyone's got an opinion. <laughs> They do. They do. Yeah, about everything, and um, and to to just listen to your own your your gut instinct. Don't not to think that other people know better than you do. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, this has been my baby for a while now, and um, I've got a very clear path for it. Got clear idea. You know, there's very few things that I have asked for advice for when it comes to this and you know I think part of it is to do with having that idea part of it's to do with kind of things falling into place naturally and finding their own sort of way which has happened a lot um you know and the people that I've been involved with along the way uh, have had an input and have made me think of different ideas but but ultimately you know I have the final say as to how it goes and um yeah I quite like being the boss Absolutely. You know, I find that too, is everybody wants to tell you how to do your thing. And, you know, from the very beginning with starting this podcast, I always believe that slow and steady 
and building it is the best way because when you build something over time, it ha- it's a lot more sturdy and it's a lot more, you know, kind of, you know, when, when, and, and something that rises fast always falls fast, right? Because you, you put in this high energy to get to there and then you're there and then you got to maintain it. Whereas you slowly build it, you know, you're building a good base. And I think that's very important. I think a lot of people, especially in today's day, want everything right away. You know, yeah. and, 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 and I think, you know, in, in part, I'm like that too, but I, but I also know that the best route is to do it the right way. Don't cut any corners. Don't, uh, you know, don't do something for quick gain or immediate gain because it's the after effect that you got to worry about and keep it going. So, yeah, I mean, there will always be people judging and yeah. criticizing and support, you know, I, I, I feel that the more successful something is, the more, more criticism it's going to get. You know, you get people, people are jealous. People think, oh, well, I can do it better. Or you think, well, if they could do it better, why haven't they done it? You right. know, um, people, you, know, you just get even on Twitter, people say, oh, well, have you thought of this? Or have you thought of that? Or well, why don't you do this? Or, or why don't you have me co-hosting it? And, you know, it, it's like, no, I've done everything the way I've done it for a reason, you right. know? So, um, yeah, you know, other people aren't necessarily going to see what goes on behind the scenes and the processes have gone through and why we're doing things a certain way. Um, but it's working so far. So, you know, all being well. I've, uh, you know, managed to secure funding for a series, awesome. which I can't yes. go into any more details about. That's great. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm looking at doing sponsorship deals as well um, and to get the show on the road which is a very nice expression that I'm not sure I've ever used before. But, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping to do, to get the show on the well, road. And I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with it, you know. Yeah, this is you all positive. Do, um, all positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can and, even and, do and that. That's, what you, that's what you want. You want to keep that momentum going. You, you, yeah. I mean, in, in my opinion, Anne, is you're already successful because your vision has been has come to be you film this pilot that's a success in itself and i think you know a lot of people you know view success as something different you had this vision you put the time and work into it you put this all together you got the pilot now there's a lot more work to do absolutely but you're already a success you were anyone for me that is able to fulfill their vision to me is, is, is great. is awesome. I mean, that's successful in its, in its own right. You know what? It's really nice to hear that. Cause I, I don't know if I'm super hard on myself, but I don't really, I've never really thought of it in that, those that way, in those terms. Like I don't, I know it's a successful evening and mm-hmm. that went well, whether the pilot itself is going to be a success depends on how it all looks and how it's all put together so I've not really thought of it as a success yet I thought if the end product you know helps to get the show going and is exactly how I wanted it to be then it will be successful but I I feel like for me it's too soon to say oh yeah it was a success I so I've not really seen it like that I just um yeah it might be hopefully it will be but I it's easy to get ahead of yourself and yeah of course I'm already thinking ahead I'm already trying to plan ahead but you know it really does depend on how good the um the finished product is as far as the pilot is concerned so yeah try not to congratulate myself just yet 
I don't know if, it, if, if congratulating yourself is obviously, <laughs> you know, but, but when you have a vision and now the way I look at it, there, there's, there's different stages yeah. of success, right? You had the idea and you, you planned everything out and you built it and you, and you able to get and film a pilot. Okay. That's pretty much 99% of the people who have a vision never go even that far. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's successful. So that first part that you've done is a success. Now it's the second okay. part. It's the, it's the, you know, it's the making it look the way you want it to look, presenting the show. And then now, you know, trying to sell the show. That's a whole different thing. But I think up to this point, you know, maybe you know, I, I'm not going to congratulate you because, you know, you don't want to, you know, but, but I think, I think you are, I think you are successful by doing that. I think, I think you are. I think well, time amazing. will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> I th- I think it's absolutely amazing that you. I mean, because like, because I'm sure there were points in this journey that you were like, "Screw this!" You know, this is this is way too way too much of a challenge, way too difficult. But you kept going, and that's important. You, you know what? There weren't actually those moments. I well, think because good. I took so long to plan it with COVID. Mm-hmm. It actually felt like I wasn't doing enough. I kept thinking, surely I should be more stressed, or surely I should be have more things that I need to plan and prepare and do. But I'm quite a methodical person. So, of course, I had my lists and I had, I don't know, it just kind of all took care of itself gradually. Like you said, working slowly and slow and steady has always been my way. You know, I was never the first to finish an exam. I was writing right up until the end and reading it over again, like two or three times to make sure, you know, I hadn't missed anything. So that's how I work. Um, And, it never got where to where it felt like I couldn't do it or it wasn't going to happen. You know, we had the date for it to, to take place. We had the venue, we had tickets going out, we had Brad coming over, we had the bands. So as far as I was concerned, it had to go ahead, you know? So once you've got all those things in place, the momentum kind of just takes you along with it and and you know until it actually comes to fruition um so yeah it's for me it was always gonna happen and and I try even though if there were small setbacks now and then which I don't really think there were any um I can think of um but anything that did come up you know was just dealt with and was never a big issue certainly not big enough for me to ever think of throwing a towel in as you well, to, to kind of go back, I mean, you started doing the YouTube videos and, you know, uh, trying to create interest in these bands by doing that. Was there, has this always been the end goal for you to, to create something like this? Or was was this developed as you were doing the YouTube, you know, interviews and said, hey, you know, I need to do something more. I, I need to do something bigger for this, for this genre of music yeah I think I think the second one I mean I never had the idea of doing tv show like ages ago years ago um although when I was younger I did want to be a tv presenter and I did go to a um like you know an interview for that oh that was terrible it was uh, for a children's tv show I, I was a goth at the time and I turned out I, I don't know what I was thinking going to that but that didn't go well and obviously I didn't get the job but I always like I love tv I like talking to people meeting people you know I used to 
pretend that I was interviewing people and kind of mess about with it. So yeah, I've always loved that sort of thing. But it was from YouTube that then I thought, well, yeah, it's not it's not giving the bands as much exposure as I'd I'd hoped. The problem with YouTube, and I, I've never paid for advertising or sponsorship on YouTube or anything, which I guess if I had, that might have helped a bit more, but it, it tends to be the fans of the bands that I'm interviewing, that the ones that's going to watch it. That's how they find out about it, you know. It, there'll be something on the the band's, you know, Facebook pages or my social media, and they'll go and see the video. So my subscriber numbers never got as high as I wanted them to be because these bands, a lot of them that I've interviewed are really, you know, unknown bands and some of them are a bit bigger and of course you know interviews with bands like Master Wagons always you'd get more views because they've got a bigger fan base but other than people putting that search in you know interview with whichever band they wouldn't find my channel or wouldn't find these interviews so I thought yeah I thought, that's not what I want to do going forward and you know when I filmed the pilot people said oh will I be able to watch it on YouTube and I thought well to me, that would be a real last resort. I don't want this to go on YouTube. You know, if I can't get it licensed and on TV, then, yeah. Or even maybe the pilot, if that doesn't actually end up being televised as part of the series, then, yeah, the pilot could go on YouTube. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I thought I need to move on to the next thing. And this, this isn't being done. You, you get a lot of other YouTube channels focusing on music and podcasts and, and whatever, but... Um, this became my end goal, you know, uh, pretty pretty quickly. Was was there a specific moment where this is what you wanted to chase? This is what you wanted to do? Um, it might have been. I can't remember when it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't, yeah. Like, was there like a eureka moment and thought that when I thought, oh, let's put this on TV? And I don't think so. Um, and I'm going to give that some thought because, you know, I've got a great memory for things that happened years ago and back in my childhood. And my memory for things that happened yesterday is much shorter. Yeah, yeah I think as you get older, I can't remember these things. I know that so feeling. There might have been, yeah, I mean, we're the same age, so you definitely know. There, there might well have been a moment when it came to me to, to do this, but I couldn't say when that was or what I was doing at the time. As far as the name of the show, Amped, how did that yeah develop that that was purely by um twitter poll <laughs> so we, we made a list of um maybe 200 possible names it was so hard at first thinking of anything and then gradually we just end up with loads and loads of names and some we really quite liked and thought oh can't decide should we do this should we do that and I ended up doing twitter polls and just asking people to vote for their favorites so we had to you know I think was it four you could have with a maximum and then we we narrowed it down to about 20 names I think and we put the polls again and then the winner of those polls kind of went up against each other and Ant was the clear winner in the end um little did I know there was a youtube channel called Ant with without the e amp apostrophe d which isn't in existence anymore. But I had no idea about that anyway. Um, and of course, Forge Amp is something that I'm affiliated to as well, that supports local bands. Um, so Amps just seems to be, you know, a word that people associate with rock. And it, it kind of got the message across there just in one word. You know, you know, if you're going to be watching something called Amp, it's going to be about 
loud music. So we didn't really need anything more than that. And we just went with the one word in the end. And, um, and everyone seems to like it. It was, it looked good written down. Um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't go for AMP apostrophe D because I couldn't, I couldn't have the, the, the correct words, you know, with the, with the letters there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, much one for, you know, text speak and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I like to have everything in full. So it had to be amped. As far as the current rock scene in the UK, obviously we've dealt with the pandemic. Obviously, you know, I think the UK is a little bit behind in terms of behind the US in terms of venues being open and, and people being able to move freely about. Um, aside from the, the quality of music that we talked about, is are you seeing the same type of resurgence where you're at as we are here in the US? Oh, that's a very, very good question. And honestly, it's it's really hit and miss over here at the moment. The bigger bands are seem to be having no trouble. The older bands, shall we say. I, I went to see the Levelers last night, you know, band from the 90s. Absolutely packed venue at the at Manchester Academy. You can hardly move. I couldn't get it. I was so far away from the stage that I actually didn't see a single member of the band the whole time I was at the gig. Couldn't see any. I was way back. So that was packed. Other venue, other other gigs not doing so well. Um, and particularly, unfortunately, a lot of the new wave of classic rock bands, um, you know, festivals that are showcasing them have had to cancel at the last minute. Uh, they've been pulled, lack of sales, and, you know, it, it's it's not, not going so well everywhere. So, um, yeah, I think certainly I can't say things are back to how they were before. I mean, you know, the, the smaller bands have never had as much of an audience as I felt they deserved. Um, so, you know... Looking in ahead to 2022, there's a lot of festivals coming up, really good lineups. Um, a lot of the emerging rock bands are showcased there. And the festivals, the bigger festivals, don't seem to be affected too much by what's happened. People are still going out um, to those. So, you know, hopefully that will draw a big enough crowd to see the bands. Um, but as for small gigs, mm, yeah, hit and miss, I'd say, hit or miss. Yeah, I think when things started to first open up in the U.S., I think something similar, you know, was happening. A lot of stuff was 25% full. Um, I think a lot of stuff even got canceled because of lack of ticket sales. There was a festival, I want to say back in May, May, early June, that had Chevelle, Evanescence, Dirty Honey, and a bunch of bands that got canceled because of lack of ticket sales. Miles Kennedy was on that bill. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, when you look back at the first part of the year, there was still a lot of hesitancy of people coming out. Um, mm. And I think as time has moved forward to now, um, I think people are so hungry for a live show that I mean, a lot of shows that I've gone to have just been have had great crowds. But in the beginning, when people first started to you know, when things first started to open up, 
there was a lot of, of, um, you know, cancellations. There was a lot of reschedulings because I just think that people were still hesitant. You know, you hear on the news, this variant, that variant, and people still are not comfortable to come, you know, to come to a show. So I think a lot of that has to, 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 uh, has to do with the success of a, of a small band or a small venue with a, with an unknown band that, um, I think over time that's going to come back. It's just going to require a lot of patience because, now, like I, the last three shows I went to, um, the, the, the venues were, were pretty full and, uh, you know, that I would say back in May and June, that wouldn't have happened because yeah. I think people were still, still hesitant, but you know, the music's there. And I think if any, if anything that's good, it will, it will be found, right. I mean, people will find it. And I think the quality of music, um, you know, I was talking to, 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 to Baz a couple, got about a month ago and, you know, he, he, they've seen, they, they, they've had a good fan base for a while, but they've even seen their fan base grow, um, you know, over the summer and, and seen, you know, bigger crowds and better crowds. And I think, you know, it, it's just, it's a, there's a lot of stops and starts because of the pandemic. There's a lot of momentum and there's a lot of couple steps back and then there's momentum and a couple yeah. steps back. And I think that's just going to be the norm into the new year until things do finally, finally uh, open up and people are comfortable. Absolutely. And, you know, even when it came to, to Amped, I mean, there were so many worries with regards to COVID, you know, what if one of the bands has to pull out? What if Brad tested negative, uh, sorry, tested positive mm-hmm. and couldn't come over, you know, what would we do? Thankfully nothing like that happened um but it, yeah i mean so much disruption at the moment um and nobody's immune to that you know everyone in the entertainment industry and certainly live music has been affected um so yeah just hoping for next year if we can try and find a way out of that and it's difficult with the new variants you just don't know what's what the future holds really uh and that does make things very very difficult but um you just have to hope for the best sometimes and uh you know hope things will work out and and things do pick up yeah i i think you know there's this talk of a resurgence and i and i do believe that there is one happening uh we're at the beginning of it but there's still a ton of work to do in rock music to capture the younger generation, which I think is really starting to happen, but that takes time. That just doesn't happen overnight. Um, but as I've stated before, you know, not just this interview and in this interview is that the quality of music is there. And I think it's only a matter of time before younger people really start to pick up on it. And for you, it's gotta be exciting to kind of be at the ground floor of what's happening because I think things are just under the surface, ready to take off. I really do. Absolutely. And I think a lot of, I, I think a lot of it is, is COVID based, you know, different parts of the world, different parts of different countries are experiencing increases. And, and uh, I mean, in New York with this South of South African variant that they're reporting on now yesterday, they haven't even had any cases with it yet, but they've already declared a state of emergency because wow. of the, because of the hospitals are almost, at capacity right now. So um, there's still a lot of worry out there. I know people are, are very, are getting comfortable, but, and I know people say I'm tired of COVID. Well, COVID's not tired of us yet. So, you know, we, we have to, 
we still have to do that things. And I just, I just hope, I know patience is a tough word to, to define because everyone has a different, different definition of it, but you know, the, these bands have worked so hard and, you know, I, I think if they can, if they can continue to, to be patient and continue to work hard, I think at the end of this, I think it's going to bear fruition. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, hard work pays off. So let's hope that they'll have the venues to play in and the audiences to watch them. As far as the show afterwards, you know, what was the response from the, from the rock community in the UK, you know, about what you accomplished? The response has been very good, you know, from people that were there and from other people in the industry, you know, you get support from those that you expect to get it from. And what's most telling is the silence that you get from the big boys, <laughs> the people that you may have expected to have done something like this already, but haven't. And yeah, the, the lack of support. I mean, I don't know if I can say lack of support. They must know what's going on, but they keep very, very quiet. And that's very telling. You know, you think, are they waiting to find out, see how it goes? Are they going to try and get in on the act, which I'm more than expecting and ready for? Um, yeah, I, I'd be very interested to see, you know, all being well, if it is a success, who then gets in touch saying, oh, well, we'd like to, uh, you know, we'd like to, to get involved with this. And, you know, I, I think... That could well happen, but yeah, there are definitely areas of the the industry that have said very little. Uh, in fact, nothing. Um, that uh, yeah, that you you do wonder. They just think it's it's not worth not worth their time, you know, inquiring about or asking how it went or, or wishing me luck with. But you know, we'll see what happens. I've, I've got very good memory, and uh, not that I hold grudges. And uh, have supported me up to now, and those are the people that I'll, I'm going to want to work with in the future. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> be well, there's, there, there will be never be a, a a shortage of people that want everyone to do the hard work, the heavy lifting, oh, yeah. and then come in and 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 uh, and reap the reward of someone yeah. else's hard work. You know, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, and we'll see if that happens. Um, my guess is it will. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people I've dealt with over the years when I was writing and reviewing. And you get to know people behind the scenes. You know the managers. You get to know the PR people. And you see how they deal with you. You know, they they see themselves as up here and you're sort of down there, almost doing doing their work for them. You know, you're, you're publicising, you're basically getting the band's names out there um which is their job but you know writers can do that for them and um that's what we do you know but you're not always treated the best you know um so it will be interesting that's all I'm saying on that but generally yeah from those that I um have heard from the the response has been only positive yeah and yeah uh, which is very much appreciated we'll see what happens 
what's next? I mean, you mentioned them now. You got to get the show, the finished product done. You've got to put together a plan to kind of market this. What comes, what's next for you? What's going to happen? Next for me, well, I've set up a company. So I'm now the director of my own company, which is very lovely. That's awesome. Uh, and very, very exciting. Um, so that is, is basically to deal with the corporate side of things, to deal with the finances, to deal with contracts, all the boring stuff that has to be done, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, so that's now been established, um, you know, for this to work. And then working out funding, like I said, I, I have secured funding. So, um, you know, we need to sort of iron out the details of that. Behind the scenes things with, you know, the mechanics of it, the financial side, how is it actually going to run? Once all that's been sorted out and we have the funds, it's then going to be negotiations with television stations um which we have lined up to talk to so uh hopefully that will go well and um we're looking at having this sort of a worldwide you know ideally licensed all over the place so it's not just for a british audience i want, want it out in america i want it in australia canada europe you know i'd, I'd love this all over the world this show so um We've got an international element to the show as well We're with new music videos from across the globe. So I definitely think it, it should have appeal, um, you know, worldwide, hopefully. Uh, so that is that, those are the main things then, you know, finances, pinpointing the stations it's going to be on um, and then organising days and bands and figuring out when we're actually going to shoot the series. So, yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like an education. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is an education. You got to do everything in the right order, but it all kind of becomes apparent as you go along. So you think, Oh, well, I can't do that bit until I've done this. So there's a path you have to, to follow and all the steps you have to take. And um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a business before. I, I, when I was doing personal training. So I've done a little bit of the business side of things, very different to this. Um, but yeah, you, you, you know, as long as everything is covered and you don't leave any stone on turns, then uh, hopefully we'll be in a good position to get, to get a, a series filmed. Is the, is the primary focus now getting this off the ground and, and, and are you going to be taking a step back from, Maybe you know talking with bands and interviewing bands because you're you're solely focused on getting this because this is a big, you know this is a this is a big animal. I mean this is this is a huge deal. Yeah, I mean that that this is definitely my focus. The yeah. other thing that I want to continue and that I'm doing even more of next year is the festivals. Okay. I absolutely love them. The ones I did this year, uh, it was so much fun. The atmosphere, you know, chatting to the bands. Um, so that I definitely want to do again. The, the remote interviews I'll be doing for YouTube. Yeah, I'm not going to be doing as much as that of that now. It's definitely going to be focused on AMT and festivals. So I've got my first one coming up. First festival next year is early March. And I've got one, I think, the end of March and April. But throughout the year, from spring to autumn. And I'm doing a few this year uh, that I've been asked to do that I haven't done before. So that's exciting as well. Um, 
yes, I'm looking really looking forward to that. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, festivals are like becoming the big norm because people you, know, you 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 get a bigger audience you can get sponsorship at these festivals you can do all these things the merch right. mainly and it's the bigger audience so yeah that's what they're getting out of it um merch is the game you know i mean you know yeah. um as, as as long as they can stay on tour and i think that's uh, a good thing for music fans because there's so much music coming out. There's so much music that bands are hanging on to as well. So they can keep touring on new music, whether they release a single, an EP, a full length. I, I think a lot of them have a lot in the tank so they can stay on the road and sell merch and, and, and make up, make themselves a presence because I think now into probably the next few years, it's going to be very vital for the survival of a lot of these bands. Yeah. I mean, there's bands that have, have stopped, you know, they, they've literally said on, they put an announcement on Facebook, they're having to quit for whatever reason. I mean, the financial pressures must be crazy. Um, the amount of traveling they do for touring. I honestly don't know how they pay. I don't know how they managed to survive doing that. You know, they, they'll be taking time off work. They all have day jobs to be taking time off work to do the tours, um, travel expenses, petrol, accommodation. I really don't know. I'm amazed, actually, that so many of the bands are able to continue. And the cost of producing records as well, recording studios. Um, yeah, I mean, the cost, the cost must be astronomical, actually. Um, but, yeah, you know, they, they, they manage, they keep going, which is, which is so commendable. Um, and you know, hopefully I don't think people realize, you know, most people who go to gig, they don't realize all the expenses that the bands have to pay out and how difficult it it really is and how little they're paid to do the the shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anne, it's been a blast having this conversation. It's, um, really enjoyed it and so happy for you. So happy for, amped and the possibilities and your success in getting to this point i i I, I know i know you chuckle when i say that but i I really do uh mean that you should definitely look at it as a great accomplishment to just be where you're at right now and continue thank you very much thank you well everybody that's anastella you can check her out on social media at at anastella is it anastella uk uh, no, Anna Stellett Brocks. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, no. so check her out, follow yeah. on Twitter, look for updates on Amped as she moves forward. And let's all keep our fingers crossed that uh, this does become something because I think it's definitely a great thing. And I can't wait to see it because I've heard feedback from a couple of <laughs> people that were there and they said it was awesome. So I definitely, oh. uh, I definitely want to, want to, want to check it out. So I can't wait, but, and thanks for doing this. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. Thanks for your support. Really appreciate it. Always, always. All right, everybody. I'm Jay Scott. That's Anastella. This is The Hook Rocks. Take care of each other. Stay safe. And we will talk again soon. And I ain't got nothing to lose so we can talk about it, talk about it all over again. The more we talk about it, talk about it, further it will get.
You know I'm not easy to please, don't fuck with me I know you love being a tease, so we can talk about it, talk about it It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.